Appendix Part 2 of Pioneer Work in Opening the Medical Profession to Women by Elizabeth Blackwell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Appendix Part 2 2. An M.D. in a Gown The Medical Times of the 21st Ultimo contains a full, true, and particular account of the admission of a young lady, Miss Elizabeth Blackwell, by the General Medical College in the state of New York to a physician's degree. Miss Blackwell had duly attended lectures at the college and received a formal diploma under the title of Domina, which was the only feminine that the Senate could find for doctor. Punch really thinks this is a case for a copy of verses, which he accordingly subjoins in honor of the fair M.T. Not always is the warrior male, nor masculine the sailor. We all know Zaragoza's tale. We've all heard Billy Taylor. But far a nobler heroine she who won the palm of knowledge and took a medical degree by study at her college. They talk about the gentler sex, mankind in sickness tending, and o'er the patient's couch their necks solicitously bending. But what avails solicitude, in fever or in physic, if lovely woman's not imbued with one idea of physic? Young ladies all of every clime, especially of Britain, who wholly occupy your time in novels or in knitting, whose highest skill is but to play, sing, dance, or French to clack well, reflect on the example prey of excellent Miss Blackwell. Think, if you had a brother ill, a husband or a lover, and could prescribe the draught or pill whereby he might recover. How much more useful this would be, O oh, sister, wife, or daughter, than merely handing him beef tea, gruel, or toast and water. Ye bachelors about to wed in youth's unthinking heyday, who look upon the furnished head as horrid for a lady, who'd call a female doctor blue, you'd spare your sneers, I rather. Think, my young fellows, if you knew what physic costs a father. How much more blessed were married life to men of small condition if every one could have his wife for family physician, his nursery kept from ailments free by proper regulation, and for advice his only fee a thankful salutation. For Doctrix Blackwell, that's the way to dub in rightful gender, in her profession ever may prosperity attend her, Punch, a gold-handled parasol, suggests for presentation. To one so well deserving all, esteem and admiration. 
1849. 3. First Annual Report of the New York Dispensary for Poor Women and Children, 1855. The design of this institution is to give to poor women an opportunity of consulting physicians of their own sex. The existing charities of our city regard the employment of women as physicians as an experiment, the success of which has not yet been sufficiently proved to admit of cordial cooperation. It was therefore necessary to form a separate institution which should furnish to poor women the medical aid which they could not obtain elsewhere. The following gentlemen cordially consented to act as trustees of the proposed institution. Messrs. Butler, White, Haydock, Sedgwick, Collins, Field, Draper, Greeley, West, Harris, Foster, Raymond, Flanders, Dana, Manning, Spring, Baum. Consulting Physicians, Drs. Kassam, Parker, Kaman, Taylor. Attending Physician, Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell. Messrs. Sedgwick and Butler kindly procured an act of incorporation. A meeting for organization was held on January 30, 1854. A constitution and bylaws were adopted, and the following members were appointed an executive committee to transact the business for the year. Stacy B. Collins, Richard H. Bown, Charles A. Dana, Elizabeth Blackwell, Charles Foster. The 11th Ward was chosen as the location for the dispensary, it being destitute of medical charity, while possessing a densely crowded poor population. The necessary rooms were found in 7th Street, near Tompkins Square, and were ready for the reception of patients in the month of March. The dispensary has been regularly opened through the year on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons at 3 o'clock. Over 200 poor women have received medical aid. All these women have gratefully acknowledged the help afforded them, and several of the most destitute have tendered their few pence as an offering to the institution. With all these patients... The necessity of cleanliness, ventilation, and judicious diet has been strongly urged, and in many cases the advice has been followed, at any rate for a time. A word of counsel or information, too, has often been given to the destitute widow or friendless girl who was seeking work as well as health. The best methods of seeking employment have been pointed out, suitable charities occasionally recommended, and pecuniary aid sometimes rendered. Since the double distress of commercial pressure and severe weather have weighed so heavily on the poor, many cases of extreme destitution have come to the dispensary. These have been chiefly emigrants, mostly Germans, without friends or money, 
and ignorant of the language. Several families have been visited where some member was sick and found utterly destitute, suffering from hunger, and though honest and industrious, disappointed in every effort to obtain work. To such families a little help with money, generally in the form of a loan till work could be procured, has proved invaluable, and a small poor fund placed by some friends in the hands of the attending physician for this special object has saved several worthy families from despair and impending starvation. The dispensary has been removed since January 1st, 1855, to number 150 3rd Street, between Avenues A and B, opposite the large Catholic Church. All persons who are interested in its objects are cordially invited to call there. It will be open, as heretofore, from 3 to 5 o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons. Poor women and children may be sent from any part of the city to receive the medical aid of the dispensary, it being free to all. This institution was commenced by the subscriptions of a few friends. Its expenses have been kept within its means, but the power of doing good has necessarily been limited by the smallness of its funds. It is found desirable to enlarge its operations and place it on a permanent basis. For this purpose, the trustees wish to raise the sum of $5,000, and contributions are earnestly solicited. The following members are appointed to receive contributions. Stacy B. Collins, 155 Bleecker Street, Robert Haydock, 46 Broadway, Elizabeth Blackwell, 79 East 15th Street. The amount raised will be invested as a permanent fund for the institution. It is the hope of the founders of this charity to make it eventually a hospital for women and a school for the education of nurses. The books of the dispensary are always open to the inspection of members on application to the attending physician. New York, February 8, 1855. End of Appendix Part 2 End of Pioneer Work in Opening the Medical Profession to Women by Elizabeth Blackwell